Kate here with a few notes before we get into the Star Trek fantasy draft. This recording was taken at the DePaul Star Trek celebration run by Paul Booth, and it was a lot of fun, so you guys should check that. If this sounds like fun, you should check out what I'm sure will be another entertaining day of nerdery and academia next year at DePaul. Um, there's a link in the show notes to if you're curious uh, what, what this uh, Star Trek DePaul was all about. The music you're about to hear leading into the draft um, is Where No One Has Gone Before, a suite of the, the Star Trek themes from original series TNG, DS9, and Voyager, not Enterprise for obvious reasons, um, composed by Sam Dillard, and you can find a link to Sam's website in the show notes, uh, but I thought it was pretty great. So there's a clip here leading into the draft, and then you can hear the entire uh, piece at the end of the podcast as well. So thank you, Sam, for letting us use this to lead into this segment. And uh, the last thing I want to make sure to mention is there's plenty of information about to come about the, the way the draft worked and how, and how all of that came together. Uh, but one thing we forgot to mention at the top was that I had the five participants in the Star Trek draft each randomly uh, pick a color and that determined which Star Trek ship they were uh, handed and that gave a little time frame or context to their to their picks. So, uh, Jody Lynn uh, had the prequel series Enterprises ship. Then we had uh, John with the original series Enterprise, Sean with the TNG Enterprise, Caroline with DS9, and Gordon with the Voyager. So, uh, if you're wondering why they're in that order, they randomly selected those ships and we had a lot of fun with the star trek draft so hopefully you guys will enjoy that and it's coming up right now And I'm moderating today's Fantasy Star Trek Crew Draft. Thank you guys for joining us. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, the way this is going to work is we have our five lovely panelists who are going to introduce themselves here because we are recording for audio for, for a podcast. So what that means for you guys is please be vocal. Please shout <laughs> opinions. Um, there's going to be a strict 60-second time limit on draft picks. And if people go over that time limit, you are encouraged to pick for them. You're encouraged to make, I don't know, maybe Luxana Troy your captain <laughs> to, you know, I don't know, who's, who is, who'd be another good Dad. person? Neelix. Yeah, yeah, Neelix oh, could certainly be your, your security chief, you know. So, so it, we're looking for some participation as we go along here. The way this is going to work, each person is going to make one draft pick at a time. They can put any person from any show on their crew, but they have to be in their appropriate position if any people who are actually qualified for the position remain. So if we run out of uh, science officers, by the, you know, they can put anybody in that job, but only after we've run out of science officers. Um, there are some specific rules about the Daxes can't be on the same ship. We don't want, you know, a timeline issue. You know, Worf and Worf in, from different timeline, parts of his timeline cannot be on the same ship. Uh, oh, Data comes with his cat. 
Archer comes with his dog. Uhura does not come with a triple. <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty much where we're at. There will also be a separate category of flavor characters, which I should go grab her. Oh, it's right here. Which we will be doing as well, that people can select at any time. Um, so why don't we introduce our wonderful panel? Hi, I'm Jody Lynn Nye. I'm a science fiction and fantasy writer, and I've been a Trek fan since I was 10. Awesome. Yeah, I'm John Clark. I'm the host of the Caffeinated Comics podcast, and I've been a Trek fan since I was 10. Uh, I'm Sean Kelly. I'm a member of the Improvised Star Trek podcast, and I have been a Star Trek fan almost as long as I can remember. Uh, I'm Caroline Zita. I'm a freelance writer for the AV Club, and I think I've also been a Star Trek fan, probably since before I was born. <laughs> um, and uh, my name is Gordon Domowski. I am a, uh, a, a new pulp writer, and I also uh, write and blog, and I'm on the board of the uh, Chicago Nerd Social Club. And I've also been a Trek fan since I was <laughs> one, one year old. So. And I'm Kate Kalzik. I'm a contributor over at the AV Club. I review TV there, and uh, I have a podcast called The Televerse, which hopefully, if you guys want to listen to this again, you can listen to this on that podcast. Let's give a round of applause for our, our draft, draftees, drafters. Thank you for agreeing to this. Okay, so we're going to go chron chronologically um, down the line, and then with each round, we'll move and start with the next person. So who is your first choice? Oh, Captain. Captain. Okay. You have to go with the boy. Okay, Kirk, on your board. Go for it. All right, I'm taking Cisco. Okay. Okay. Hard drop to third. <laughs> okay. We should say who they are again for the audience. So we had first Kirk, Kirk. Cisco, Picard, who dropped to third. Yeah. Okay, Caroline. I'm gonna go with my first officer, Miss Kira Nuris, please. Yeah. Oh. I'm gonna go with Archer because okay. his dog is awesome, <laughs> and Cisco was taken. Fair enough. Okay, that's our first round. Now on for our second round, John. Um, I will take Riker for my first officer. Okay. Uh, I'm taking data for engineer and ops. Okay. Caroline. Oh, that's me. I'm going to take Janeway. Happily. Right. <laughs> there we go. I'm, um, I'm going to actually go crazy for engineer. I'm going to take Scotty. There we go. Security, Odo. Odo, right over oh. here. Good call. Okay, that's the second round. So, third round, Sean. Uh, for science officer, I'm going to take uh, Spock. Now, would you like him to also serve in a second position as your first officer, or do you want a different first officer? I might take a different first officer. Okay, so I think so I'm just going to take him as science officer. No longer available as science, but still available as first mate. Okay, so uh, Caroline. I'm going to go engineer Ms. Bellana Torres, please. Yeah. Yeah. down. Okay, Gordon. Okay, for um, science officer, I'm going to take Spock. Oh, uh, he's gone. Wait, for first officer. First officer, then. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, Jody. Okay. Uh, oh. Then it starts to get a little confusing. Let's see. Doctor. Okay. I will go with the doctor. The doctor. The doctor. Right here. Good, good call. Okay, John. Uh, I'm and, gonna... uh, but isn't that the end of the round now? 
Yeah. So now it's to Caroline. It's to Caroline. I'm going to go Dr. Crusher, please. Okay. I'll be honest, I did not expect Bashir to be left as the You know what, I'll five. take Bashir. We're taking Bashir? Okay. <laughs> did not intend to influence the choices, but yeah, you know, this is all, I'm, let's just say I'm not surprised Pulaski's still up there. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Jody. Yeah. Okay. Please, you're welcome. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> Ooh, tough choice. Go classic. Go Sulu. Sulu, okay. Very nice. There we go. John. For security, I'll take two back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sean. I am going to take a helmsman, and I'm going to take Ensign Rowe. Okay. There we go. So now, Gordon, we're to you. Um, for science officer, I will take Jadzia Dax. Very nice. Okay. Okay, Jody. Uh, first officer, is Chakotay still there? Yes. Yeah. No one wants to. Oh, okay. So far, we'll see what happens. Uh, Helmsman, I will take Paris. Okay. okay. And Sean. Uh, I sort of want to look at what's up there. Very Kim. <laughs> I already. What is it? Is no, he under? Is he a Helmsman? He's not taking Jordy. <laughs> O'Brien. Uh, I like the. I appreciate the shouting. So. Uh, suggestions are welcome. I'm. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm going to take Dr. Oh, Pulaski, Pulaski, the doctor. Whoa. 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 What is happening right now? Really unexpected. This is totally unexpected. Okay, Caroline. Yeah, can I have, <laughs> can I have um, seven of nine as my science officer, Absolutely, please? you may. Okay, here we go. Okay, now, Jody, it's back to you. Uh, science officer, is Jadzia still there? Nope. Okay. Oh, it is to Paul. Or All wait until right. somebody else takes her and go for somebody else. Okay, in that case, um, Esri Dax. Esri Dax for your counselor. Yep. There we go. John. All right. Uh, I will take Worf. This is this is security. security. This, this is, is ops. I'll take. Oh, I already have him for security. So I'll take it for ops. Okay, Sean. Uh, let's see. For ship's counselor, I'm going to take. Uh, or calm. I'm going to take Uhura. All right. Okay. Here we go. Caroline, who's up there still for security? For security, we have Reed, Tasha, and we have Worf. Okay. Can I have Worf, please? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Every next generation character gets a plus. Communications <laughs> officer, I'll take Hoshi. Hoshi. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is back to you. Oh. Uh, engineering? Engineering is right here. Jordy. I'll take Jordy. Jordy, okay. Sean. Not applauding. Why are we not applauding? So it's me. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 the only reason I took him, I wanted O'Brien. Uh, but I wanted applause. <laughs> so for security, I am going to take Tasha Yar. Okay. Okay, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna um, reclaim her legacy and take Troy as my counselor, please. Okay. Here we go. And Gordon. Um, for house. Uh, for houseman, I will take uh, Chekhov. Okay. There we are. And Jody. Who's left in engineering? Engineering, we have uh, Trip, we have Miles, and we have Kurt. Oh, Miles is in. Yeah, Miles is in. 
<laughs> like he's gonna keep every ship the running forever. So Miles of Ryan. It's a good, it's a good pick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now Sean. Uh, so the only thing I have left left is first officer, and to that means you have last first officer. Yes. Now, do you want her to? Oh, you already have a science officer. I do already have. You already. Okay. So there we go. Um, okay, Carolyn. Okay, so DS9 doesn't have a helmsman. DS9 right? does so not I'm have a helmsman. You have two, two flavor characters. Okay, so can, is Guinan available? Guinan is absolutely available. Oh, 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 oh. How many flavor characters are we choosing? You each get one except DS9 because they don't have any cards. Can we see all the choices for flavor characters? Anyone you can think of. Okay. Honestly, it can be anyone. Can we stick the, you want to stick them up on the board or no? Uh, well, but, but again, like I said, it Surprise. can be anyone. I have blank Pecan. ones for you to write the name on. So, okay, Gordon. Um, who's left on security? Uh, you have Malcolm. Okay, I'll take him. There you go. Jody. Q. Q. Show me. Okay. Oh. Oh. Now, keep in mind, before you finalize this choice, there will be a randomized uh, decision as to whether he helps or hurts. Oh. With or without oh. power. Mm. Mm. Randomized. Oh, randomized. So, but yes, absolutely. Q is here. There we go. I still need science, so I'll take to Paul. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, Sean. Uh, for flavor character, uh, can I have Nog if he's available? Yes. Now, wait. Did you start last time? Who started last time? The last round. Do we remember? Do we care? You did. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah, so Nog is available. Here you go. All right. Okay. My boy. Okay. Can I do? Can I do some quick brainstorming? You sorry. You may. If you, you know. I don't want to forget anyone crucial. Okay. Well, these are who I have here. Like I said, you have blank ones. Yes. Mm. Yes. Oxana, come on. Uh, okay. 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 Uh, for my fi- to round on my station because he belongs there. Could I have Garrick, please? You may have Garrick. Yay! There we go. Garrick was a popular, popular choice. Like four people told me they wanted him in the mix for uh, flavor character. Yes. Do you, is Harry Mudd available? Yes. Harry yes. Is available. <laughs> that would also be a red. No, that's, that's Sir No Jones. No, that's yeah, I'll take Common Harry. mistake. No, Harry, Harry Mudd is also available. Here we are. Okay. There we go. Our okay. four. Yes. I still, I still have no science officers. So what are my choices? Anyone, you oh. can poach. You have Q. For, from from any <laughs> category, it changes so it science. Be a flavor yeah, character it can be one of these guys. It can be whoever you'd like. Wesley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All set. I want to see this whole game go through with no one picking Harry Kim. These can be flavor characters if you so choose, but you know. Is there a rule that Harry Kim cannot oh. be anything above Ensign? Who are you going with? I'm taking Quark. Nice. Okay, oh, now okay. we have our well, completed. Second character. I want a picture with the crew. Okay, okay. let's get. Let's see for a second. Let's see what we got here. All right, go. Okay, and now for again for the listening audience and for people who do not have a visual aid right now, uh, Jody, let's let's go down and say who our crew is. Okay, on the, on the crew of the original Enterprise. This Captain. is the the NX01, right? Yes. Yes. The Captain James T. Kirk, Chakotay, uh, Jed, it's Jancia Dax. No, Esri. Esri Dax, Q, Odo, The Doctor, Sulu, Miles O'Brien, and Wesley Crusher. Very nice. Well done. Okay. Okay, I have the original series Enterprise, commanded by Benjamin Sisko, First Officer William Riker, Ship's Doctor, Bones McCoy, 
Security Tuvok, Helmsman Paris, Ops Wharf, Jordy Engineering, Science DePaul, and Quark just to be around. <laughs> okay. Uh, on the USS Enterprise NCC-1701D, uh, we have Captain Picard, uh, we have Mr. Spock, we have Lieutenant Commander Data, Dr. Pulaski, uh, Ensign Rowe, Tasha Yar, Uhura, to Paul, and to keep everybody honest uh, and to show that he's worthwhile, uh, we have Nog. <laughs> In this version of Deep Space Nine is uh, commanded by one Miss Janeway. We have Kira Norris, Belana Torres, Dr. Crusher, Seven of Nine, Worf, uh, Counselor Troy, and then Guinan on Bar and Garrick on Tailoring. You have all women and Garrick. Yeah, that's Worf. Worf. That's amazing. Well, on the USS Voyager NCC, who the hell cares? <laughs> it's commanded by Jonathan Archer and his dog. <laughs> uh, first officer is Spock. Um, chief engineer is Scotty, because with, with a ship like Voyager, they're going to need a good engineer. Science officer Jadzia Dax, because since she's got a, a symbiote that's got millions of years of, of um, Dr. Bashir. Um, communications officer Hoshi. Helmsman um, <coughs> Pavel Chekhov for comic relief. Um, security officer Malcolm Reed. But Harry Mudd was the comic relief. And Harry Mudd, who, who's also the comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> They're a double act. They're a double act. Great. Good job, everyone. Okay, so now we have completed the draft portion of the panel. That went very fast. Thank you so much for your decisive decision making. Uh, that feels I feel a bit bad. Trip is still up there. He doesn't deserve, yeah, okay, he doesn't deserve to be with the remaining people. people. <laughs> Everything deserves to be yeah. <laughs> there. Okay, so uh, let's. I'm gonna take this down. Yeah. Let's, they're gonna go the off to. Uh, they're the red, the red shirts. They're gonna head off and go to the bar and. I don't. I, I would say Riker will show them the the joys of the pleasure planets, but he's a little busy first officer, so they'll have to figure it out themselves. Um, now we're entering the debate portion. So each uh, we're gonna go to the line again, and we'll continue to go chronologically for now. Uh, each of you, would you please give an opening statement as to why your crew is clearly the best crew? So Jody, I have a tremendously adaptable and very intelligent crew under the command of a man who could has the charisma and the determination to lead his people into hell if necessary. <laughs> you know, he might not always have a plan to get back, but that's what people like Odo and, and Ezria are for, is to figure out how to get them home again. Uh, Chakotay is a tremendously uh, strong individual, uh, able to keep the rest of the crew under, under orders, and, well, um, we have a very young and up-and-coming science officer who is willing to look at things in a much more I think flexible way than the, the old school. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, John, why is your crew the best crew? Because I have a healthy balance of people that scream all the time and people that stare at people that scream all the time <laughs> with a little wink. Okay. So whatever trouble there is, Benjamin Sisko will escalate and then solve it. And that is balanced out by Riker, who is looking to have no trouble whatsoever. Uh, that the ship's doctor is uh, someone who will warn them not to get into trouble, then yell at them when they do, <laughs> then fix it. Uh, Tuvok is there just because the person with the most guns on the ship should be the calmest. <laughs> Paris is there for literally the same reason Riker is there, to wink and smirk at people. 
Yeah. Worf is there to cause trouble for Tuvok because he has more experience. Uh, Jordy is a calm influence. I almost went Scotty, but he was picked. Uh, to Paul will probably be the only one paying attention to the mission <laughs> and not sidetracked by the B-plot, which is one of these guys losing their minds. <laughs> and then Quark will say something that causes one of these guys to lose their minds. <laughs> okay. Sean. Uh, my crew was chosen with an eye towards uh, a command structure that is disciplined, logical and which embodies the ideals of the Federation as exemplified by people like Captain Jean-Luc Picard, uh, Spock, T'Pol, and Data. However, uh, we are also balanced with idealistic free thinkers, including Ensign Rowe and Nog, who will challenge those people to make more creative decisions uh, that will lead to better problem solving overall. So we've essentially created an organization that embodies the best of the Federation, while also challenging the values of the Federation that may be problematic in a potential dangerous situation. Okay. So the theme of my ship is competency, which is why I have so many ladies. <laughs> Unless you think they all have similar uh, dispositions, I'll tell you that they don't because we have Kieran Bellana, we got some hot-headed personalities, but they're going to be balanced out by your calm Troy and your calm Crusher. And Janeway, she can kind of like float on the edge there. And she's good at putting people in their place, so mm -hmm. that can happen. Um, 709, she's got a lot of information floating around her head that she can take care of. And honestly, I think my secret weapons are Guinan and Garrick, who are going to do a good job of like mixing things up, but also calming things down when appropriate. Um, plus, Worf is there for both security and occasional comic relief. And we can have some Klingon bonding going on. Very nice, very nice. Okay. Well, um, my crew was chosen um, because with Voyager exploring the Delta Quadrant, we want a great mix of both experience, practicality, and a sense of wonder. I mean, you've got Jonathan Archer, who is the greatest explorer of the 21st century. In A Mirror Darkly, episode two is canon, don't argue. Um, <laughs> you've got Spock and Jizia Dax, your, your first officer and your science officer. Both have dual natures, but they've learned to use that. Spock with his logic, Jadzia with her experience. So I, I know those are in good hands. Scotty, I want a, a dude who, who's cool in a crisis. He may, be, he may be yelling, but I know that if something breaks down, it'll get fixed, it'll get done, and it will work better. Um, Dr. Bashir, a, as the doctor, he's, you know, he's done DS9, you know, so he's got probably a unique perspective on um, different species and, and medical issues. Um, Hoshi is actually the, the woman who invented the Universal Translator, so yeah, I want her as my communications <laughs> officer. She's entrepreneurial. Um, Chekhov, I think he's, you know, he, he, you know, let's, let's just face it, I'm going to be, Archer's going to be asking him to say nuclear vessels. <laughs> but for security, you want someone who is, um, who can balance military practicality with the ideals of the Federation, hence Malcolm Reed. And then, um, if we need to schmooze an alien culture, that's why you have, have uh, Harry Mudd. And plus, he'll get on the, the Ferengi's nurse, and they'll stay the hell away from us. <laughs> now, one of the, the qualifications was if you choose a villain on your team, you have to give a reason that they are collaborating uh, as, your, as a flavor. So why is he motivated to be helpful on the crew, or is he? he he's, he's motivated because he wants to get nice, shiny things. Okay. 
So just really straightforward, just like what helps him, helps the crew, and he gets more money. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, he gets he gets a little on the side. Of course he's going to help the crew. <laughs> yeah, he, he's honest, you know. He's an honest con man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at this point, I'd like to open it up to the audience. Do you have any questions, any, uh, you know, any anything you'd like to see these different... Uh, <coughs> You know, contestants address. Yes, I'm concerned about seeing uh, Jadzia stranded in the double quadrant because if something happens to the Dax symbiont, how how will you prepare for that or protect her, maybe, or protect um, the symbiont, or protect the symbiont? Yeah, um, that's something I would have Dr. Bashir <laughs> because because he's, he's worked with her before, so it may be a case of. Um, there might be a way to, and then he could, Scotty could work on like a, uh, like an artificial, you know, you put the symbiont into like an artificial body, mm -hmm. so that the symbiont's protected and can interact. Maybe the the symbiont becomes a kind of, um, and this might be a really great episode. The symbiont becomes close to the neural gel packs in Voyager, because their their computer system is not isolinear. It's basically like human nerves. So there's a huge ethical quandary. That would make a really cool episode. <laughs> Plus, Doctor Bashir always wants to take care of Jadzia, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's a good answer. Okay, excellent. Any other questions? Yes. Um, do you think there's a greater than than trivial possibility that Seven, Guinan, and Garrick could join forces, overthrow the Federation, and in fact take over the galaxy? You have placed in the same space. Garrick would definitely be the instigator in that situation, but I think Guinan has a good, like, she's very old. She has a pretty good perspective on the universe, so she's not going to let things get too out of hand. And she's very protective of her friends, and I think Jane would be smart enough to, like, get her, get Guinan as her friend early on. Yeah, and then Seven can, again, she kind of floats around, but I think Jane Janeway, Janeway's strong enough. She's, like, the glue holding this together. She's strong enough to keep Seven from going to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. So with um, Cisco and Riker on the same ship, kind of they can both be sort of hotheads. Are they going to be yelling at each other a lot? I think Riker's a much cooler head than Cisco. Cisco's very straight ahead. This is going to happen. Riker sees more of the bigger picture. I guess there will be a lot of yelling there. going on, but that's what a ready room is for. Uh, yeah, Some uh, follow up actually to piggyback on that. Are we yeah. concerned about beard rivalry? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, let, let me just ask: Is this season one through three Cisco well, without the beard? Or? No, look right see. there. Oh, Bald right. goatee right Cisco. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, and that's that has to. I'm sure that influenced your choice when you're looking up on the board, and it's bearded Riker. It's a very different Riker. Yeah, and clean shaven Cisco is trying to be nice. And then once he shaves his head, he just doesn't yeah. care anymore. Mm -hmm. I, I would not have chosen Lucis season one here, Cisco. Lucis is by. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean, I'm. If Tasha Yar decides she's not having fun and commits suicide out in airlock, who's going to take over for security? For you? Oh, uh, <laughs> Nog, obviously. Okay. Uh, he's going to be so eager to prove himself <laughs> that he would take on any role in, if anyone on the on the crew was taken out. He'd be ready to go. Uh, they, like as soon as that happened. I think that's an excellent point. Anyone else? Okay. Well, I'm going to ask. Ask you. I must say, uh, there are a few ships up here that, of course, earlier today I spoke on the, the gender in, in Star Trek panel, mm -hmm. and I must very much, I very much commend Caroline and, and Sean on their the gender balance of their crew. We got a more traditional uh, Star Trek lineup of like one woman and a bunch of dudes on the other crews. Uh, I'm curious if, if you consider that a strength because that's more these characters are used to these dynamics. Or are they going to have to go out of their way to find 
uh, other, you know, the guest stars, the female guest stars that they can bring in to keep things more balanced? I, I think that they're absolutely going to have to have female guest stars, but also, Q is nonlinear. That's true. <laughs> uh, he can be what he wants to be, or he can be she, or he can be it. Or he can make everyone else That's she. That's right. And I think that that is something that they have to take into account. I'm thinking in particular of a collection of short stories from way back, The New Voyages. Anyone remember that? Mm -hmm. Where everybody changed gender. Mm -hmm. And Captain Kirk became a, a small but, but fierce uh, young woman uh, with beautiful hazel eyes. And unfortunately, that meant that the Klingons uh, became timid and uh, hiding out because they're, they're women. I cannot believe this, considering the, the Klingon women I know. <laughs> timid and afraid to show their faces in public. So I consider Q to be very important to maintaining and not letting things fall off into all male all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and then like you say, Kirk can draw on his experience of having been a woman to, yes. to give him a little more perspective maybe. Absolutely. And also, uh, in fact, the doctor himself is a computer program. That's true. So he is also nonlinear. The fact that they've given him a male face means nothing. He's a bunch of ones and zeros. Excellent point. Yes. And, and Odo oh. is a shapeshifter. That's right? true. But I want to know, Jody, how are you going to get Q to stay aligned with the ship and, and contribute? Why, for the fun it? of it, I think of, of all of the of all of the captains, I think you have the, the greatest bubbling sense of humor underneath James T. Kirk. He can be very funny. Also, he can hold his temper at times that you don't think that he's going to. So what he can do is interest Q in participating for the for amusement value. He can't offer him anything physical, uh, even social. Nothing that, that he has is a gift to Q, except for keeping an, an immortal with ridiculous powers amused. And I feel like Kirk would be more willing to deal with that. He'd be like cool with that on his crew. Whereas Picard or some of these other people would just be like, no, you, that's not a good oh, reason I, for you to be here. I, I think Q was one of the reasons that Picard lost his hair. I think it, it affected him. You know, retro um, it, it, it went back in time and tore his hair out. Okay. Poor man. But I, Q could be a, a tremendous asset to a crew. But you have to get him in on it. And as we've seen in so many episodes, Kirk is willing to make a fool of himself for the sake of the mission. <laughs> now, uh, do we have, uh, if, if I'm going to start actually with Gordon, have you guys come down. Who do you envision as the main like a, a, an antagonist or foes for your crew? Who are they going to keep running up against to keep things interesting? <clears throat> well, I mean, with the with the Delta Quadrant, you know, I, I, we want to kind of avoid the Borg because they're, they're almost too powerful. <laughs> I could see where um, you have, kind of like in the Gamma Quadrant with the Dominion, you have an interstellar alliance like the Federation who says, you know what, yeah, you're out here, but you're, 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 you're not welcome. You know, what, what are you doing here? Kind of at, at that, you know, giving them, not, you know, really not giving them any safe haven. Um, trying to, you know, they're trying to get the ship fixed and they just keep, you know, this, this alliance just keep pushing against them, where you've got, because um, I think you're, you're you know, like, like Spock and Jitsi, you're going to find wormholes and stuff for them to go through, mm -hmm. but it's the, it's the, instead of like a big evil thing, it's, 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 it's a group that wants to keep things the way they are, and here's this crazy ass ship going through, coming through, and we don't want them there. 
And so you're, you would postulate that the, the Voyager would get home because they've got those two science officers? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've yeah. got that. Um, you also have Hoshi, who is, again, she's, she not only learned, will learn different languages, but she's also able to, um, again, she, she's got a certain amount of, uh, she, doesn't just, she, she doesn't just sit there and take messages. She actually learns how to understand their culture. Mm-hmm. So I think that gives them uh, a certain, and they, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, in terms of the gender question, I could see, um, uh, like Chekhov and Reed, I think are kind of my my um, cannon fodder characters. Mm-hmm. I could see them easily. Something happens to them, and then you've got like a, a female security officer and a female <laughs> helmsman. So okay, great, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you have young Scotty with Voyager technology. He's he's got the youth. He's got all these years to actually probably improve. Yeah, he'll be like, warp 25, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, he'll turn into lizards. Uh, Caroline, uh, what, who do you see as the main antagonist? Well, I think guess? since they're on Deep Space Nine, and one of their main missions is sort of watching out for Bajor as they become independent, I think they're going to have a lot of dealings with the Cardassians, which is going to cause some interesting tension, um, because you have Kira, who obviously has a lot of feelings about the Cardassians, but you also have... Uh, Balana, who is part of the Maquis, so there's some tension going on there. You have Garrick, who obviously is a wild card in this situation. And I think the Cardassians are probably the best <coughs> villains of Trek, so, and I think this is a pretty good um, crew, so I'm going to put them up against the best of the best. And can I also say real quick, so my crew is eight women and two men, so this, if this looks weird to you, this is actually the breakdown of the original series, Next Generation, and Deep Space Nine, in terms of like the gender, just reversed. So if you're a dude looking at this board and this looks weird to you, like welcome to being a woman. <laughs> okay, Sean. Uh, I, as as the Enterprise D is a deep space exploration vessel, and per the end of all good things, and Q saying to the crew of the Enterprise D at that time uh, that they, you know, they they have so many things in store for them, so many things to see. I would imagine they would face antagonists that we have not even thought about, that we cannot even conceive of. The antagonism they would face may not even be the sort of antagonism that we might expect having watched Star Trek. It's going to be something totally new uh, and totally different. So we we are really in for a treat because this crew is really going to surprise us with the enemies they face and possibly the enemies they befriend. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay, John. Uh, the this ship is going straight past Deep Space Nine through the wormhole into the Delta Quadrant, and it is staying there. Nice. <laughs> They're going to explore the Delta Quadrant. They are not afraid of the Dominion. Is there a new wormhole that's going to the Delta Quadrant? Yeah, and the wormhole goes to the Gamma, gamma quadrant. quadrant. I thought the wormhole. Go, I thought gamma quadrant. No, it goes to the, the yeah. wormhole by Deep Space Nine goes into the Gamma Quadrant. You might go into an, another wormhole that goes into the Delta Quadrant. I'll go to the Beta Quadrant if the Dominion's in there. <laughs> yeah, the far end features of the Beta Quadrant. I think to go there. It's unexplored. Yeah. All right, we're going through the wormhole. Yeah. Well, Harris isn't the best navigator. We're so going, yes. He knows how to go like straight through the wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to stay in that quadrant because none of these guys are afraid of the Dominion. And unlike the Defiant, which is a small ship that basically did hit and run to one planet and back, this can stay in the quadrant and explore worlds. And with Riker as your first officer going down on landing parties, you're more apt to find friendlier planets and build alliances <laughs> than you were with just Cisco and Worf 
going in the Defiant. <laughs> These guys are looking for trouble. We also have a crew that can handle a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. These are guys that do yell, but they don't crack. So these are guys that can stay out a year after battle after battle and keep that ship going. You have Jordy, who's a ray of positivity, who will figure out a way to make things fun, who will get holodecks working on an original enterprise <laughs> <laughs> to keep everyone happy. But these guys will end the Dominion War. Quark will make deals with whoever wants to. That they will come to a peaceful arrangement with the Dominion, or at least a pact of non-aggression. Okay. Well Jody. Okay. With extraterrestrials on board, we have the possibility of taking this primitive enterprise in the year 2151 and, and pushing it out farther than, well, than humans anticipated at that time. Now, that one of the things that's going to happen here is human versus nature. There are three main stories, human versus human, human versus him or herself, and human versus nature. Just the, just the shakedown of what they have to face in terms of making sure that their equipment stays together. It's going to annoy the Vulcans. <laughs> and they're going to have philosophical differences with them. But part, part of what the Vulcans have always been trying to do is they greeted humanity when they stepped outside and finally achieved warp drive. But they were also trying to prevent them from getting in too deep. Well, that has never stopped James T. Kirk from doing that. <laughs> But he has very worthy counselors. He has people who are capable of, of really amazing feats of engineering. Miles O'Brien can fix anything. Since Scotty had already been chosen. <laughs> uh, but Miles is, is incredibly good at that. And between Odo and Dax and Q, they're going to find their way into, the, into other, as you said, aliens that we have not dreamed of. And especially in such a young space program they're going to have to figure out ways to deal with them and become friends with them and not kill them or be killed themselves. <laughs> and that's where, of course, Kirk's infinite charm will help. <laughs> but um, having, having as su such an interesting and well-rounded crew, I think that, well, of course you've got two. <laughs> I think that you'll find that they will prosper out in space and have adventures rather than catastrophes. Well, I think, oh, yes? Is that Wesley? Is he post-traveler Wesley? <laughs> now you have a whole other facet of advantages. That That's true. Too. That's so. true. I think uh, he looks awfully young in this one. Right. Right. But he is in uniform, so he may actually be. Why not? Yeah. Is, you you tell post, me, is he? Yes. Yeah, he's your crew. He's post-traveler. Okay. There we go. Okay, well, now <laughs> we are going. Like yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any questions <laughs> for each other? Or shall we move on to our scenarios? I'm mostly just sad about all the friendships that have been broken up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, really sad that, that Miles and Bashir aren't together on a ship. Well, I, that does actually, I did want you each to pick who's your, who, who's the ship on your ship? Who's the ship? Oh, who are we shipping? Who are we shipping? Oh. Janeway oh. and Kira. Our relationship, like, <laughs> pairings. Oh, okay, that's, okay. never okay. heard that before. Oh, yes. So who would like to go first? I'm going to go up to Paul and Bones. To Paul and Bones? Oh, okay. I think he likes a challenge. <laughs> okay. So I missed that. Who? Paul and Bones. To Paul and Bones. Oof. <laughs> okay. You'd watch that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, who's next? Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with Ensign Rowe and Spock, because, like, what a, what a pair of, like, conflicting personalities. 
to learn uh, stuff from each other. Okay, there we go. Enjoy. I'm going um, Janeway and Kira because that would be a very hot relationship. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to go go rather than a full ship with with a dude bro relationship. Okay. Dex and Spock. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see them totally. It's it's not you know because because they they both kind of understand that yeah they're different. I don't see anything romantic, but I see them just sort of like yeah we're all about science. <laughs> I can see like a, like a two words. But, and a look, and they're laughing internally right. for days. Yeah. In Trials and Tribulations, she makes a comment about how attractive stock is. It's true. So the groundwork is already there. The groundwork is already there. That's yeah, the next yeah but, but do you think she's going to wait seven years for, for the pond bar? I don't no. think so. No, it's true. They, they, they can just have an arrangement, you know. They also, they also came up in that episode the same calculations of how many triples that... Yes, yeah. but, but I could, I could so totally see Bashir and Hoshi That's in a relationship. Yeah. I, I, I could see... Um, this, did Mud come with his women? What? Did Mud come with his women? <laughs> oh, no. No. <laughs> no. I, can, I, I could... Well. Executive said no. <laughs> no, no. So I'm, also, I'm also seeing the trip in Bones because... Uh, uh, I mean, the Paul and bones because DePaul likes Southern gentlemen. That's true. There's a connection there. Okay, Jody. I have a triangle. Okay, go for Ooh. it. I have Odo, Chakotay, and Dax. Oh. oh. Very intriguing. Yes. Oh, very. Yes. He is, he is a stoic character, but he is, he is a hot-blooded individual. Mm-hmm. And Dax would find him interesting, but I think that she'd have kind of a warm, old married kind of relationship with Odo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Chakotay would really understand that, because the two of them have I think serene personalities. Mm-hmm. He would just have to learn to deal. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the scenarios. So this is uh, going to be basically your guys' closing argument for your team. Um, and I'm going to again. Who wants to go first? I will. You will go first. Okay. Um, hmm. Who? Who is your engineer again? Lana. Hmm. Everybody, tell me their engineer. Jordy Scotty. Jordy Scotty. Data. Miles. Okay. I, okay. Yes. Um, I will say for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like that laugh. Yeah. I'm going first. I like it because it's not me. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I want to see how, how yep. you're going to this. Um, oh, I can't do that because you don't travel. Never mind. Someone else. Your space one. station. Your space station. Um, yeah, you're gonna be on the Defiant. Yeah, you're gonna be on the Defiant with your entire crew. Um, the, all those the, the guys up on the board are manning DS9 while you're gone. Uh, the Defiant encounters a temporal anomaly and is transported to 2015, where a minor disruption in the timeline ripples out, leading to a noxious reality TV star gaining power and becoming the president. How does your crew reset the timeline? reset sanity in this world and get back to DS9. Yep. Well, I'm assuming that this is a fairly misogynistic reality star, so that is extra motivation for this particular (laughs) Yeah. Uh, First of all, you have Janeway, who is really good at weird timeline stuff. Like, that's kind of her expertise. So she's not phased by this at all. She's ready to go. Um, Kira's a little anxious, but that only makes her bounce more ideas off of Janeway. They're working as a team by this point. 
Um, so they're thinking things up. They come up with, uh, they want to like build like a um, get, like a machine of some kind uh, to to uh, create another time stream that they can jump into. <coughs> this is not happening. Um, so they're going to get Balana on that, and she's going to team up with Seven of Nine uh, in Astrometrics, of course. Um, Guinan, she's got some, like, she's the one that identifies this other timeline because you feel like she's got some weird spiritual stuff going on. She can, like, sense it out. Um, Troy is there to say, oh, this, does, this guy does not seem good to me. I'm sensing that this reality star is not a good choice. <laughs> not very helpful advice, but, you know, it's always good to have her in the mix. Um, so we have to open up this, this second time stream. And first we gotta kill the reality star, and then we're jumping over, because obviously that's how it would work. Um, so you have Worf and Garrick teaming up, because Garrick's gonna bring out the like little sneaky side in Worf. They're off to kill reality star. Crusher has some moral objections to that, but they talk her out of it. <laughs> we have, so Worf and Garrick, they're off doing their mission. Oh, they're hunting him down. He's giving us each. Um, his wig comes off in the in the uh, breeze. Oh, they're shooting him down. Troy's like, oh, this is crazy. I can sense it all happening. And it's like, chill out. It's all going to be fine. Uh, boom, over here. We got the time stream opening up. Janeway's like, take us in, Defiant. Jump over to another time stream. Guy's dead. Boom, back in the whatever year they're in, and everything's <laughs> fine. Very good. Okay, who would like to go next? I'll go. You'll go? Okay. And you have Jordy. I have Jordy. Um, uh, and you have original series. Um, let's do... I need to give you that one. So let's give you... <laughs> I feel like this... I feel like this isn't random. I feel like this would make... Well, I have to adapt this one because this is a holodeck incident. So I feel like that's appropriate for Jordy. It was either Jordy or Miles, but I don't know if they quite have a holodeck on that one. So, so. I'm getting into Jordy. Girlfriend, so yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, Jordy is on the holodeck chilling and getting having some lunch with Tesla when the <laughs> ship is hit with a wave of radiation that causes a holodeck malfunction and rewires the coding such that Tesla goes mad and tries to kill everyone. Of course, he's Nikola Tesla, he gets out of the holodeck. Um, first of all, uh, who does he go after on the crew and uh, how do they defeat him? Uh, Tesla would go after the captain mm -hmm. to take over the ship. Uh, first of all, they would have they would spend 25 minutes figuring out how holodeck characters can walk through the ship, <laughs> and that's that takes us to Act Three. <laughs> <laughs> and we figure out if the fluorescent lights in the yeah. hallways. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to Paul, we'll try to reason with him, but that won't work <laughs> because Tesla is all about gaining power through his mighty coils and <laughs> taking over the ship. Um, Bones can't believe it's happening and is undercutting every discussion. <laughs> Nicholas Tesla lived in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrong about that. <laughs> He's drunk, it's okay. And uh, the, finally the way it, would, the way it would work out is Quark would show Tesla uh, the biggest city in the Dominion and say, now that's the place you want to be. There's your profit margins. Their electricity can run in that arc throughout all the founders. There's a pool that's <laughs> that has electric magnetically connected. Yeah. We'll write in Technobabble and send it downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tesla will be down the planet, go into the pool, and that will dissipate <clears throat> his entire matrix. Yeah. 
the the radiation that caused the yeah. whole situation. And then and then in the the tag, the um, Jordy will go back into the holodeck and uh, start talking to Eli yeah, Whitney. <laughs> and then you're like, here we go again. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, so while you're charting a newly discovered system, which, I mean, with this ship, it feels appropriate, you encounter, uh, your Wii team encounters MacGuffin, an all-powerful otherworldly being. Who's <laughs> lonely. Not MacGuffins. Yeah. Who's lonely and captures the away team so that he'll have some company. Uh, who's on the away team? Who's left on the ship? And how do both parties convince MacGuffin to let the away team leave? Okay. And we have to start out with Q, so... We have to start out with Q. Of course you'll be on the away team. Well, but one, two, or three. One, two, or three. We have to randomize what he does. Oh, right. Okay, three. Three. <laughs> Q resolves the problem, then lords it over you until you thank him with an, a command performance. What musical slash play slash film slash television show does your crew re, uh, reenact? And who stars in which roles? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it's going to be the king and I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With Kirk as the king, because then he can do a very, very long death scene. <laughs> okay, very nice. Do, and who's going to be uh, Anna? Well, uh, it, of course, it has to be Dax. Does it have? Actually, no. It has to be the the uh, a representative of the <laughs> new race that they. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Some, somebody who, of course, falls for his infinite charms uh -huh. and then goes back home again. Okay. Because. You know, the captain's tomato can never actually stay on board because they die that way. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, Anna and the king, they do end up separating. They do end up separating because he dies, and <laughs> she wasn't going to marry him anyhow. <laughs> uh, let's see, who's on the away team? Well, this is one of the reasons that I chose Chakotay, mm -hmm. is because he's going to keep Captain Kirk on the darn ship <laughs> because he should not have been on away missions anyhow. Awesome. He's the commander. So it would be Chakotay going down and Dax. And Q, of course. Uh, and to keep him from going completely bonkers, at least initially, uh, until, of course, he solves everything. Yeah. As Odo. Okay. As, as a moderating spirit. Okay, excellent. I, I look forward to this, this cruise oh, production of the King and I, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, there's two crew. We've got two left. Hmm. Okay, and who do you have over there? Hmm. I'm trying to determine. I feel like because there's a, there's some overlap here because uh, Spock. Hmm. Okay. Who do I most? Yeah. I th okay. Who would who would like to go first? I, I can. You're go. going first. Okay. On a routine diplomatic mission, you receive a distress beacon, and find a stranded Starfleet Starfleet officer, Officer Shatner, who is overjoyed to be rescued shortly thereafter. However, the crew starts behaving strangely, and the doctor realizes that uh, why Officer Shatner was marooned, he has a terminal case of shacting, and now the whole <laughs> ship is infected. Who is hit the hardest? Who is surprisingly immune? And how do you cure the crew, disinfect the ship, after this devastating outbreak of uh, I think that, unexpectedly, the person most affected by shacting uh, is Spock. Uh, Spock is uh, just, after years and years and years of experiencing similar situations, he has developed latent shacting, which has been uh, unearthed by this particular situation. Uh, the person 
who proves surprisingly uh, immune is uh, is Nog. Uh, you know, plucky uh, plucky Nog uh, is is the one who who is surprisingly unaffected by by this this horrible disease which has befallen the ship. Uh, Nog is able to reactivate Data, who has been de- uh, Data has been deactivated by the Shacters uh, because they just can't deal with someone uh, bringing down or, or you know uh, uh, bringing down to Earth their their lofty uh, per- performance disease, uh, so, and so they team up uh, and then they are able to create a, a vaccine using their scientific knowledge which they use to cure Dr. Pulaski, who is then able to create a gaseous form of the vaccine, which they put through the vents of the ship, uh, curing everyone. And then at the end of the episode, Captain Picard tells us all about the lesson that we've learned, and all of the members of the crew are able to grow as people from this experience. happened to crewman Jet. Oh, yeah, that, there was nothing you could do. He could not be saved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was climbing a mountain and he fell off. <laughs> did a bridge fall on him? Yeah, I don't know. Did a bridge fall on him? Yes. And it was very boring and sad. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Oh. Okay. Well, our final one we have here is uh, the ship, the, uh, the Voyager, is hit by an ion storm and thrown through a hidden rift uh, in time and space, uh, emerging in a, a parallel universe where the Klingon Empire was wiped out by Tribbles, which have since evolved into a dominant empowerment species. How do you defeat these new Tribbles and return to your dimension and timeline confident that not a single Tribble is anywhere on your ship, lest your entire dimension be uh, conquered? Well, um, the first thing I would do is you'd, you'd have Spock and, and, and Dax working on it. Determining, you know, how you know how bad you know how bad the tribbles are. You you probably have like re um you probably have Spock mentioned the Prime Directive at some point, and Archer's like, hey, before my time, dude. <laughs> I'm not there yet, dude. Screw the Prime Directive. <laughs> you'd probably want to um you'd pro- you you'd have Scotty work on improving the ship, especially because we don't know what tribble weapons are. Maybe what trip. Well, maybe what triples do is they just throw like they're young at you, or you know, we don't power know. purr. Right, you know, we'd have we'd have Hoshi figuring out how to communicate with them. Um, you know, if any triples got on the ship, you'd have um, Reed and you'd have Reed kind of get security. And again, if he, if he, if he got killed, yeah, that's when you have your your, your replacement crew member. Um, Chekhov would probably be like trying to. He'd probably be the guy who's like. Oh yeah, triples are so cute, and everyone would be no no. So they, they, they you know, they figure out how to um, kind of uh, neutralize the triple. They could probably, they, they they might find an old record from the animated series where there's a predator that actually eats triple. So it's like, let's go get that. Um, and then what they find is at this training post, there's actually a a high price for these triple predators, which is where mud comes in. <laughs> Because he'll get he'll get it dirt cheap, if not free. Because again, he's an honest con man. And so, what you would then have is to get back through the rift. Um, Spock and, and, and Dax, well, actually Dax, because she's a science officer, would figure out they're vibrating at a different rate. You know, stealing from DC Comics. And so she would, you know, Scotty would have to modify the ship 
to get back to their own dimensional rate and go back through the ref. And because this is more, um, because this uses neural gel packs and is more responsive, it means that Chekhov can actually fly it in very much more accurately. Okay, there we go. Of the difficult decision, I say we, it's, it's y'all, I, I don't have the decision here, uh, of choosing what we feel is the, the best crew who has put together the ultimate fantasy Trek crew. So uh, we're going to do this by a round of applause and hooting and hollering. Please make as much noise as you would like. I will try to determine uh, where how things shake out. I think everyone did a wonderful job, and I, I want to see all of these shows. Uh, but let's, let's throw it to the audience. So Jody's, Jody's team. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Ooh, that one. I'm, so, I'm sorry, sorry Jody. Jody. Oh, that's a bird. <laughs> okay, John. Woo! Enthusiasm in the front. Okay. Sean. <laughs> 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 okay, Caroline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gordon. Yeah. Oh, oh that's hard. Okay, I feel it's Sean. It hurts. Congratulations. Well done. Well done. So, thank you all for coming.